0: Well, good morning, everyone. Beautiful day to start the new year. I want to welcome all of those who've joined us for the New Year's retreat and other guests who are here, and as well as our many folks who join us online. So I'll begin this morning with a reading from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda. These are parallel passages from the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And this first reading for the year is called At the heart of silence, the eternal word. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it, in your deathless self, within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, these immortal lines appear. Human vision beholds individuality and separation everywhere. Divine vision beholds the oneness of cosmic vibration, of which all things, no matter how diverse, are manifestations. Cosmic sound, the Word of God, and cosmic light, these are eternal. The world, as revealed to us by our senses, is illusory. In Autobiography of a Yogi, Paramahansa Yogananda relates an early experience he received of the divine aspect of reality. Sitting on my bed one morning, I fell into a deep reverie. What is behind the darkness of closed eyes? This probing thought came powerfully into my mind an immense flash of light at once manifested to my inward gaze. Divine shapes of saints sitting in meditation posture in mountain caves formed like miniature cinema pictures on the large screen of radiance within my forehead. (coughs) "Who, Who are you? I spoke aloud. We are the Himalayan yogis. The celestial response is difficult to describe. My heart was thrilled. Ah, I long to go to the Himalayas and become like you. The vision vanished, but the silvery beams expanded in ever widening circles to infinity. What is this wondrous glow? I am Ishwara. I am light. The voice was as murmuring clouds. I want to be one with thee. Out of the slow dwindling of my divine ecstasy, I salvaged a permanent legacy of inspiration to seek God. Wise are we if we meditate on that experience of Yogananda's and salvage from it even a breath of his inspiration. For quite simply, there is nothing else. As the Bhagavad Gita says in the 7th chapter, I make and unmake this universe. Apart from me, nothing exists, O Arjuna. All things, like the beads of a necklace, are strung together on the thread of my consciousness and are sustained by me. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh. oh.
1: I'd like also to uh, wish you a happy new year and a year filled with ever more bliss uh, in God. I'd like to begin our service with a reading from Whispers from Eternity, uh, a book of uh, Yogananda's mystical poetry, The Demand for Fervor and Divine Love. Teach me, O Spirit, to love Thee as wholeheartedly as the miser loves money. Make me attached to Thee as a drunkard is addicted to wine. Teach me to cling to thee as erring ones do to their bad habits. Teach me to be as attentive to thee as a mother is to her child. Teach me to perform my duties diligently with my attention fully riveted on thee. Teach me to love thee as the worldly man loves his possessions. With the first love of true lovers, Teach me to love Thee. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> a few years ago, I was uh, in Illinois, and I was having dinner with a, a Unitarian minister, and he was really new to the path of yoga, just just starting to begin. And uh, he, um, I was there to teach a meditation class, and he. Uh, to asked me a, a question, and he said, one night while I was praying on my bed, uh, I, I had a very difficult situation, and I had been going every evening to, to pray, and all of a sudden I heard a rushing wind, and then I felt that wind, and I knew at that moment that everything would be okay. And he said, what was that? I know it was God, but what was that exactly? Uh, and I said that you heard the Holy Ghost, uh, the eternal word. And so many people say that, uh, you know, it's it's the scripture, but that's, he experienced the living uh, scripture of Aum. Uh We recently, Anandi and I, we were on the East Coast uh, giving a retreat, and there was a man that attended the program that said that, when I was uh, a baby and I couldn't speak yet, uh, I I heard Om all the time, and I would see uh, the adults uh, around me uh, sometimes worried and or sometimes emotional, and I wanted to say. You don't have to worry. Uh, you just have to listen to "Om. <laughs> and I thought, uh, as one new student uh, to Ananda teaching said, um, uh, I, "I just discovered that Om is always singing, and I just have to listen to it." Well, uh, what about uh, us who, uh, you know, sometimes uh, not everyone hears Om all the time. Uh, well, Yogananda uh, said that Om was the first vibration, uh, the cosmic uh, sound. But then there all the other vibrations of God come along—cosmic uh, love, cosmic joy—and and so uh, any feeling of God is that we're we're experiencing uh, the the Holy Ghost. Uh, any uh, experience of God. Well, this. Uh, at the beginning of the year is a good time to uh, assess how we're doing spiritually and where we want to go. Uh, Yogananda uh, said that uh, he uh, was uh, became quite alarmed as a young, uh, I don't know how old he was, he didn't say, uh, but as a very young child to realize by the age of three that we were uh, caught by habit and that people... Um, were just limited by, uh, by their habit. And he um, uh, was, uh, said, I used to get angry when I was three years old, but I, I, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish the work and everything that I've done if I was still angry and I knew how to work to do. So I just banished uh, the thought of anger uh, and I never had trouble with habits again. Uh, and he said that habits, uh, well, well, he used the analogy of uh, the Romans. Uh, he said that they had a habit of, uh, when they captured their prisoners, of tying them up behind the chariots and then dragging them along the ground. He said this wasn't a very good thing to do. In fact, it was a terrible thing to do. But he said that this is what habits are doing to us, is we let them drag us around. Uh, and he said instead of letting uh, we, we, we should take habits our prisoner and not let them be our captors and we should tie them up to our chariot of our willpower and he said that I've accomplished many things in my life I've written books, I've lectured I've played musical instruments I've started schools and he went on and on and on and he said everything that I accomplished was through willpower in fact there wasn't anything I did When uh, when I was using my willpower, that I ever failed, and he um, uh, and that's really the secret, isn't it, Uh, to change? Because discrimination tells us uh, what would be good to do, but uh, that isn't good enough, is it? Like uh, the the story goes all the time: people wake up in June and they go, "Now, what were my resolutions for this year?" Uh, And uh, we've forgotten. Uh, and uh, habit is, is so strong. We, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Swami uh, Kriyananda talks about how we adopt a strategy in life, and it may not be a good strategy, uh, but it's an appropriate strategy for that time, and we um, we live by that. And uh, but we we really can't reach very beyond that strategy and really explore new realities Uh, the the soul growth is is very slow that's why it takes five to eight million years or millions a lifetime excuse me uh, to for a soul to be uh, free Uh, I saw a video uh, of uh, some chimpanzees and they were um, in held indoors for decades and they were uh, used for medical experiments, and uh, the 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 company uh, finally said, "We want to uh, release these chimpanzees and There was one uh, chimpanzee named Susie that hadn 't been outdoors in thirty three years and uh, they uh, It took a while for them to uh, create a facility for them to go out. but they said that they worked with those chimpanzees for 10 years preparing them to go outside. Well, uh, the big day came and they opened the door and the chimpanzees were playing inside their room and it had uh, some stumps of trees and ropes to swing on and the chimpanzees just sort of looked through the door. And then after a while... Three of them came wandering up, and they looked out the door like this. Uh, one had its chin on the other's shoulder. They were looking like this. And then they went inside the door again and didn't go outside. And then they came up closer to the door, and they looked like this. And the other two were right behind the first one. And then the uh, uh, chimpanzee came outside the door, and he held onto the wall And found a recessed window opening to the outside. And got into that window and looked out. And then uh, the other two started to come out. And one became so delighted that it had a smile. And turned around and hugged the other chimpanzee. And then they slowly started to go out into the paddock. uh, Into their grounds. But there was one that stayed behind. And he was looking through the window like this. And they showed a picture of the trainer going like this. Come on, you can do it. Come on, come on. And slowly it came out into the sunlight. And I was just thinking about that, you know, uh, how uh, our masters are with us uh, and Swami. uh, And they've been encouraging us. And uh, all along I remember when I first came to Ananda, we were having... um, There was a sort of a big fair in Davis, and Swami Kriyananda uh, walked into the room. And I was just at Ananda for a few weeks, and he said, uh, Good morning, great souls. And I looked around, I wanted to see who all these great souls were. (laughs) And I saw them uh, in the room. They've uh, become great souls at Ananda. But I didn't realize at the time that he was talking to each one of us. And uh, Anandi said the other day, I was. Uh, it, it struck in my mind. You know, uh, the the masters. They know all our faults. They know our faults better than we know our faults. But they never talk about our faults, do they? Uh, they talk about what we are, who we are, and um, and this uh, and this is important uh, for us to remember. To uh, to overcome. Uh, bad uh, things in ourselves. Uh, Yogananda said it's very simple. We have to replace the negative thinking with positive thoughts. Uh, I uh, had read where psychologists said that uh, the average person has 300 self-talk thoughts a minute. And not all of them are positive thoughts. Uh, And so we we have to create a momentum. I I saw in USA Today uh, the Uh, newspaper that uh, uh, for change they said that we 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 have a behavior and uh, why do most people aren't they able to change it's because they don't substitute another behavior uh, in uh, that that's that's positive for them and there's a saying that says be careful what you say well um, it should be be careful what you think uh, once uh, Paramahansa Yogananda was giving a lecture uh, and he looked at everybody in the audience and he said, uh, why are all of your faces different? And he said that it's, uh, it's your thoughts, your uh, habitual thoughts that have uh, changed your mind and um, changed uh, your body. And you know, our whole life is a reflection of our thinking but thinking is elastic it's uh closest to consciousness uh it's it's centered uh you know in, in the cervical very very close uh to spirit uh itself and uh, it, uh, and that uh it, it's easy to change consciousness with the right thinking uh and i re- i remember uh years ago in, in the 90s I, I had had uh a, a very serious illness actually it went on for over three years. And uh, it was a rare disease, and we didn't really know much about it. And the specialist that I saw, uh, he saw somebody once every two years. Uh, and we, we just didn't know when it was going on. And I was trying to change my consciousness, but it, it's hard in, in those situations. But then it seemed like it was going to be throughout my whole lifetime. And, and I thought to myself, i got to change my consciousness. I don't, don't have any recourse. And I don't know if it was Master Yoga, Paramahansa Yogananda bringing me just to the brink to that understanding. But shortly after that, things turned for the better. And then in a few months, uh, I was completely better. And it was, you know, we want to get to the root of things and to uh, get, uh, change our consciousness. We... We want to work with different issues uh, and to, uh, as Yogananda said, we can overcome a uh, habit by putting out positive energy uh, in the opposite direction of the habit and then fill our mind uh, with the thought of God all the time. I found this saying uh, of Paramahansa Yogananda that I want to read to you because I want to get it right and it's uh, quite uh, inspiring. Uh, he um, he says, the more you are in tune with me, and refrain refrain from fussing about little things, the better you will be. A steady stream of divine power will flow to you. I want to read that again. The more you are in tune with me, and refrain from fussing about little things, the better you will be. A steady stream of divine power will flow to you. God, every offering of our heart, he, uh, Master said he records it uh, in his book. He may not respond right away, but he notes every offering, self-offering, that we have. There's a beautiful story uh, that Padre Pio tells. Uh, he was building a hospital uh, in southern uh, Italy where he lived, and uh, he um, took donations. There was a fund and many wealthy donors gave money uh, for the hospital. And, but but uh, everyone uh, was giving money. And, uh, but the, the donation that uh, Padre Pio was most proud of was the one that was given by an old woman and uh, every once in a while, he would take out this 50 lira note that's in, two th- in the year 2000 was just worth three cents. And, and he told where this uh, donation would come. And often, as he told this story, he would weep. Uh, because it, it was a, 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 an old widow, and she hardly had any money, but she wanted to give to the hospital and uh, so uh, Padre Pio said, oh, it's, uh, it's not necessary that you give, because he knew uh, uh, how she lived, just she barely had enough to eat. And uh, she said, no, no, I want to give to the hospital. Uh, and he said, no, no, it's, it's not necessary. And then in a very resigned way, the mother, or the old woman, uh, she said, well, I guess... It's not really much. It's not big enough to give. And and that's when Padre Piero said, give me that donation. Give it to me now. (laughs) And he took it from her. And he never spent that. And he always held it close to him. And he would always tell people, and how do you think God is when we are giving ourselves to him? Doesn't he hold that thought very, very dear?" And hold it very, very close. And that's the most important offering of all that we could make. There's uh, Swami Kriyananda uh, wrote this thing that I've told, shared with you before. It's something that I always think about. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, his path, you know, he, um, he, he wants his disciples, he wants all of us. To find freedom in God in this lifetime, and he set the bar really high, and we read about the saints and we saw how they found God, and uh, we uh, we try our best, and uh, we do everything we can uh, and uh, but uh, Swami uh, said that you know sometimes when we compare ourselves to the saints and we look at their forever uh, forever for love for god and uh, how intense that was i remember uh, in the early days of the palo alto house uh, we had a big house without any heat and people uh, Nandi and i were leading uh, the directors of the house and people were complaining about how cold it was and and i posted on the bulletin board uh, 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 some words of saint francis where he said you should be so on fire from god that you don't feel the cold (laughs) And when we were uh in Assisi, we had our down coats. It was the winter time on pilgrimage and wool pants, and we were in the little caves and it was just so cold and We looked at where the brothers lived with their thin coats and if they had uh, uh, the cloaks if uh, if they even had a cloak, if they hadn't just given them away to somebody and But we look at that offering and, and and Swami said that that can be intimidating for us, but he said that if we keep reaching up for God, God will reach down for us and he'll give us the power to know him. I, I thought of the image of uh, a little child. Sometimes you see a little child by the mail room and, uh, and everybody that comes by, they reach up with their arms and they they want to be picked up and held. And isn't that so magnetic? And I was watching and uh, every adult that came by picked up that child. <laughs> Uh, and God, has, uh, our love uh, that we feel is a reflection of God's love. And that's uh, it's his love that we feel in our heart. And every time that we offer ourselves how much that we have to offer, uh, God will take it and receive it and hold it very, very dear to him. Just like Padre Pio held that donation and kept it with him and never spent it because it was so holy. So uh, my prayer for all of us, for myself, for all of us is to just give ourselves more and more completely with God and let God transform us in his holy light, in his holy bliss. Bless you all.